know where to start with horror news, as there's been a ton of horror news between episodes. There's about 10 million ways I can go with this issue. I could talk about Halloween Kills, Scream 6, but I'm going to start off with Terror Fire 2. This is a film that a lot of horror fans have been waiting for. It finally has a distributor. The distributor is none other than Bloody Disgusting. That's right. Bloody Disgusting will be distributing Terror Fire 2. And here's the thing with this. This film will be going to theaters. Unlike the first film, this will be in theaters. Then, this film will be hitting Bloody Disgusting's streaming service, Screenbox, this fall. All this is happening this fall. The film will open nationwide this Halloween season before streaming exclusively on Screenbox. More details coming. Finally, some great news on this film. The film will also have its world premiere at Fright Fest UK, which is set to take place August 25th through August 29th. So we would probably get an advanced review or two of this before this hits theaters here in the U.S. So this is going to be a very interesting film. Now, here's the thing I kind of don't understand here. I'm a fan of home media releases. There was no mention of a possible home video release of Terrifier 2. It doesn't mean it might not happen. It could happen. But I don't know what to think. I would have liked to have known more if there was going to be a home video release. I really hope somebody would clarify that up for me. Because I would like to collect this film in physical media as well as seeing it on streaming. Because I'm physical media 100%. And I want the whole series in my hands. I have the first film in physical media form. I'm hoping to get the second film in physical media form as well. But I don't know what Screenbox does or Blade Disgusting does with their release plans. This could be interesting because there's also an It documentary coming to Screenbox as well. So I have no idea what their release plans are for this film. To me, I wish this was picked up by Shudder because... At least I would have known that this film would get a Blu-ray release. Just so much gray area here. Seriously. As a physical media collector, I like to collect films. I like to have the films in my hand. And there was no clarity towards a physical media release of Terrifier 2. If this is just a streaming release, then I'm not going to be happy. Quite frankly, because personally, I like to have the films in my hand. And this is too important of a horror film for it to just be a streaming film only. I don't like streaming films. I only like them basically as backups in case you lose a copy or the copy's damaged. But I'm hoping there's a physical media release of Terrifier 2 that is coming in the future. But at least it's getting a theatrical release, which is very good for an independent horror film like this one. But knowing my luck, it'll probably never play the Providence area. 
as indie horror films don't have a good track record of playing in the Providence area. And sticking with Terrifier 2 news, there's rumors of the running time being 2 hours and 20 minutes. That's right, 140 minutes, everyone. Sounds like they want to be like the finale of Stranger Things Volume 2, which I think is still going on as we speak. I don't know. A two-hour, 20-minute slasher film. Terrify 2 has been one of those films that's been very interesting. Because we were supposed to get this film last year. We didn't get it. This film was supposed to be done, I think, in 2020. We didn't get it. And when the dust settles, it looks like it's going to be two hours in 20 minutes. That's a rumor, everyone. Not a fact. A rumor. If it's that so, okay. It'll be very interesting, considering a slasher film of this caliber has not gone over two hours. We're talking like two hours and 20 minutes. That's going to be a very interesting film if the reports are true. I don't know if you can keep up the action for two hours and 20 minutes for a slasher film. But if it's bonkers like the first Terrifier, then it should be no problem at all. Now, there's more horror news I can get to here. I could talk about Rob Zombie's The Monsters. I can talk about John Carpenter and his thoughts on Halloween Kills, but, and I mean, this trumps them all. This news trumps them all. Samara Weaving will be in Scream 6. That's right, Samara Weaving will reunite with Radio Silence for Scream 6. That's according to an exclusive at bloodydisgusting.com. You knew this was going to happen sooner or later. They had a relationship with her from Ready or Not. And in fact, I was kind of surprised she was not in the original Scream reboot, quite frankly. Because I really thought she would have been the star of the original Scream reboot. But that didn't happen. Here's the other interesting thing about this here. There's also another star from... Ready or not, that will be in Scream 6. Henry Churney, you know, the matriarch in Ready or Not. He's also going to be in Scream 6 as well. So you got Samara Weaving and Henry Churney, if I'm pronouncing it right. If I'm not, I apologize. Joining the cast of Scream 6. Also in this exclusive report, Tony Revolori... From the recent Spider-Man films, Far From Home, Homecoming, and No Way Home will also be joining the Scream 6 cast. So that's two big names there. You got one name from the Marvel Universe, and you got Samara Weaving, who's been in countless horror films recently, like the Babysitter films and Ready or Not. So... This cast is looking great for Scream 6. Now, there's also another thing about Scream 6. There are rumors going around that Nev Campbell may be back for Scream 6 after all. I don't know what is going on with that situation. Seriously. In fact, there are rumors that she may be in Scream 6 and Scream 7. 
after saying she will not be in Scream 6, they're now chatter that she may be in Scream 6 and Scream 7. Will you make up your mind, please, Nev? Because I don't get why these people like to play these games. Seriously. We just talked about the Sasha Banks-Naomi thing, I believe, last episode. Where are they still in WWE or are they not? It looks like they're gone from WWE. Because Sasha Banks has taken a Comic-Con booking. But, back to horror here. We're saving the wrestling after this. Is Nev Campbell going to be in Scream 6 and 7 now? Or isn't she? I don't like it when these celebs play these games. Seriously. It's just frustrating. Let us know if you're in or out. Make it easy on us. So we can get on with our lives. And so I can go complain about Jason Blum or something else. Because that the fact that I'm still talking about Nev Campbell and her possible involvement in Scream 6 and possibly Scream 7. After last episode, after she was saying she was out of Scream 6. It's getting to be a little tiresome here. I would, would just like to focus on the new cast. But whatever. Whatever. Seriously. Enough. Moving on. Moving on to wrestling news. It's like this topic will not go away. Seriously. And I'm not trying to be funny here. As we keep getting more allegations about inappropriate behavior from WWE chairman Vince McMahon, who's currently suspended from being chairman, and the news ain't getting any better for him. In a report that was posted on Deadspin.com, as there are three more allegations of inappropriate behavior, including one with a former WWE women's wrestler, who he demoted, then released. He ended up having to pay $7.5 million for that NDA, meaning non-disclosure agreement. He also had to pay out $2.5 million to two other women. On top of that, when does this end? Seriously, this disgusting behavior. When does this end? I don't want to be talking about this on my podcast, but this is Vince McMahon. I have to talk about this. This is disgusting. And the sad thing is, it might not be over yet. As the Wall Street Journal is still investigating these, that there may be more claims out there. Really. If there's more claims out there, he has to go. How can he still be in charge of WWE? Because that sounds to me like that's a toxic workplace environment. Where, especially the first two allegations, has toxic work environment all over it. How can Vince McMahon survive this? I know it's his board that's doing the investigation, but sooner or later, NBC, Fox may draw a line as to how much they are willing to stick with this. Especially when there's a new TV contract renewal around the corner. It can't get 
any more worse for Vince McMahon. And we've already seen one major company put their foot down when it comes to Vince McMahon. As Netflix had a Vince McMahon documentary in the works until they pulled it off due to these allegations. Meaning, they're done. They're not airing this documentary. They want no part of Vince McMahon. They're the first major company that wants no part of Vince McMahon. As they reportedly pulled the documentary from their schedule, which was in development. They're the first company to pull out of something WWE related. If this gets any worse, I would not be surprised if sponsors for Raw or SmackDown pull their sponsorship for their products, quite frankly. Because companies don't want to be attached to this kind of behavior. I still stand by my prediction last episode that Vince McMahon will be gone from WWE this year. He will not survive this year. I have this feeling he's not surviving this at all. If you got four allegations and possibly more out there, he may not survive this one. Moving on. Ring of Honor is set to have their next pay-per-view deaths before Dishonor this weekend. And this is shaping up to be a very good pay-per-view. It's something not to sleep on. Seriously. As I've already purchased this pay-per-view. As I'm really looking forward to this card. Even though there hasn't been much build to this card, the matches on this card so far are worth the pay-per-view alone. You have the ROH Women's World Championship match, Mercedes Martinez versus Serena Deeb. You have the ROH World Tag Team Championship match, FTR versus the Briscoes in a two out of three falls match. That is the match that I'm most looking forward to on this card. If that match at Super Card of Honor was great, I really think this match could top it. You have the ROH Pure Championship on the line. Wheeler Uter defense against Daniel Garcia. You have the ROH World Television Championship match. Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal. And just announced on Rampage this past Friday, Jonathan Gresham will defend the Ring of Honor World title against Claudio Castanoli. I cannot wait for this card. It's only five matches announced so far, but I'm a big Ring of Honor fan. I cannot wait for this card at all. This is a card that's going to catch a lot of people off guard. I'm telling you right now. You've got Jonathan Gresham versus Claudio Castagnoli, which I think will be a very good match. I think Daniel Garcia versus Wheeler Uter will be a very good match. And you got FTR versus the Briscoes in a two out of three falls match. Which you know it's probably going to be a great match. I don't know how they're going to top their match of the year candidate. But they've got a good shot with this match. Two out of three falls stipulation match. Usually these matches are very good. I cannot wait for this pay-per-view this weekend. As Ring of Honor is finally back with a brand new logo, which I like a lot, in a brand new mindset. And we'll probably find out more in the coming days on what happens with Ring of Honor. As this is going to be a big show for the new Ring of Honor 
as we'll probably find out what the future lies for Tony Khan running Ring of Honor. As it's looking like it's going to be a newsworthy show. And with that, that's the news. Welcome to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. A weekly podcast here. The discussion is about the most recent horror and genre films. Intelligent talk on a genre that deserves intelligence. A conversation between co-hosts discussing not only the film, but also the connotation that the directors and screenwriters are trying to articulate. When you want more than a review, listen to Dark Discussions. And speaking of perception, there's just one more scene I want to talk about, which is after Caleb discovers that Kyoto's a robot, Kyoto kind of peels off her skin, showing him what's underneath. Now, wait a minute. I know where you're going with this, but tell me you weren't already thinking this 15 minutes earlier in the film. Exactly what he's thinking at that moment. Which is he's a robot, too. Oh, I considered the possibility. Right, and that's what I like, is the fact that the writers were smart enough to know that this is what the audience would be thinking. We've all seen Blade Runner. <laughs> right. Exactly. www.darkdiscussions.com Wherever podcasts are found. The following commentary represents the views of Anthony T's horror and wrestling show and not of the Doc Discussions Network, meaning it's the views of mine and mine only. Welcome back. This is something I really wanted to get off my chest for a while. And that is season four of Stranger Things. Overall, I thought this was a very good season of Stranger Things. Even though it was seven episodes, I thought the show did a very good job providing some very good episodes. Providing some good suspenseful moments. The Duffer Bros did a great job, I think, with the season with... The way that they wrote everything. I like how they developed the characters, continued their stories very well. And everything was good. I have to admit, it was good. It was fun to watch. And literally, this was one of those seasons where it just moved at a very fast pace. But then again, season four had nine episodes spread into two volumes. Now, I know everyone's crying about someone's certain death or a certain character who may or may not be dead and be pissed off about it. But me, that stuff doesn't bother me. Because in order for television shows to work, you need characters to be on the edge of death and everything. You need some suspense need to off characters when you have to off characters to keep the show going because you cannot have shows where everybody survives and runs from one adventure to the next adventure because if you had that there's no suspense there's no unpredictability and it just doesn't make a show interesting when you just have characters going from one place to the next. 
every season. After a while, it gets so tiring. So when Stranger Things Season 4 came out, I was so excited. Wasn't excited that we're getting seven episodes, but was very excited and was happy that it succeeded in what it accomplished. As there were some really great action, like I said before, plus it really had some very good storylines. Now back to what I was saying. I know people are whining about someone's death or a beloved character who may or may not be dead. But me, I'm not whining about neither of those things. The thing that I'm whining about is the episode length for every episode this season. Seriously, it felt like I watched seven movies. Count them, seven movies. Not seven episodes, they were seven movies. For example, I'll tell you all the running times for each episode. Chapter 1, The Hellfire Club, 78 minutes. Chapter 2, Finkus Curse, 77 minutes. Chapter 3, The Monster and the Superhero, 63 minutes. And yes, anything over 60 minutes is considered a feature-length film, everyone. Chapter 4, Dear Billy, 78 minutes. Chapter 5, The Nina Project, 76 minutes. Chapter 6, The Dive, 75 minutes. Chapter 7, in the season finale of Volume 1, The Massacre at Hawkins Lab, 98 minutes. Now on to Season 2, Volume 2 of Stranger Things. Chapter 8, Papa, 85 minutes. In Chapter 9, The Piggyback, 139 minutes. I am not making this up. 139 minutes for your season finale episode. Are you kidding me? I could have watched 9 movies. And I still swear to this day that Stranger Things Volume 2 is still going on. Seriously, it's the volume that never ends. Because that was pretty much four hours for two episodes. Yeah, that's right. And if you put it in the way I felt... It felt like six hours. Seriously. It could still be going on as we speak. Because that's just lunacy. Not even when David Lynch brought back Twin Peaks to return about four or five years ago. That he did an episode that lasted over two hours. Or did a binge watch that lasted four hours. Sure, the whole season was one big 17-hour film, but every episode of Stranger Things was a movie. These weren't episodes. I like to see shows in episodic format, not movie format. Because, quite frankly, that's nine less movies I've seen this year. Don't get me wrong. It's a great show. Season 4 was great. But the way they formatted this season was ridiculous. 
I've never seen a show do that. Have its episodes all be like movies. If I wanted episodes to be like movies, I'd watch a whole bunch of movies at once. And the way that Netflix rolls these episodes out, you're watching these like for like six, seven hours at a time, and you probably get through what? Three, four, five episodes? I don't get it, Netflix. Seriously. Netflix, the Duffer Brothers, I do not need season four to have a movie-like format where every episode is a movie. It really destroys the television experience for me. Stranger Things is an episodic TV show. It is not an episodic movie. You're not making movies, guys. You are making a TV show. When David Lynch did Twin Peaks The Return, he approached it as a movie. But every episode was at least 60 minutes with the exception of maybe the first couple weeks and the season finale. This was like 70 minutes here, 75 there, 2 hours, 19 minutes, and it might still be going on as we speak. I don't want to see episodic TV shows be movies. If I wanted to see a 2-hour movie, I'd watch a movie, not a 2-hour episode of a TV show. Seriously, the lights just killed me. Because now, with Volume 2, I had to watch Far Straight. Because I was pretty much left with no choice. Because it's not like you can watch Episode 8, then wait a day, go on to Episode 9. You had to watch both of them at once. And that was four hours. Four hours for two episodes. That's ridiculous. Seriously, while used people are complaining about a character's death and a beloved character who may or may not be dead, I'm complaining about episode lengths because I want my TV shows to be 60 minutes or less, not 75, 85, 139. Come on. I really hope season 5 does not have these super length episodes, please. Because I like to watch three or four episodes at a time, not one or two. It defeats the purpose of binge-watching. And if you're gonna do it that way, then just do it weekly, not all at once. Because, quite frankly, this season should have been done weekly. It would have been more better that way. Instead of having a bunch of 70-minute episodes released and a four-hour season finale that spans two episodes. That's all I gotta say. I don't like long episodes. Don't get me wrong. Stranger Things season four was great, but I did not need to see nine movies because that's what I saw in season four of Stranger Things. Nine movies, not nine episodes. And episodic television is not meant to be episodic movies. Welcome back to Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show. I'm Anthony T. I'm here with Philip Perone of Doc Discussions Podcast. As we're here to talk about the upcoming Scares That Care Charity Weekend 8 
that takes place July 29th through the 31st in Williamsburg, Virginia at the Doubletree by Hilton Williamsburg. How's everything going today, Philip? Uh, hi, uh, Anthony. Uh, everything's going pretty good. It's a beautiful day out uh, and yep, fun weekend. Tell everyone about Skiers That Cares. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, basically, um, uh, it's run by a man named Joe Ripple, who's a retired police officer, but also was a, a movie director for uh, a number of years as a, a B-film horror stuff out of uh, the Maryland area. And uh, when he retired as, as a police officer, he's not, not, not too much older than myself or you, uh, he decided to take his love for horror, having done directing himself, and also uh, helping people uh, as a police officer to work hand-in-hand. And he formed uh, this charity group called Scares That Care Charity. A very good name. You know, horror is supposed to be scary, but this is a charity, so he cares, and we care, and everybody who uh, works their time on it and whatnot cares. And so what he used to do was go to uh, conventions and promote the the charity, and that's how um, Dark Discussions podcast met him because uh, Horror Realm Charity in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, co-host Mike of uh, the podcast, uh, met him there and interviewed him for our podcast. And then a couple of years later, he was able to get enough notice for the charity that he was able to now do a uh, convention. And the convention, all the proceeds go to uh, the, ch- the charity, and the charity then gives that money to some some people, uh, a child with an illness, a breast cancer survivor, and a burn victim survivor. So generally three people per year. And uh, the original was on um, in Maryland, where Joe is based. Uh, but then he moved it down to uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, and it's been there ever since, except for... 2020 because of, the, of COVID, and the early charity he had to make sure that they they broke even and stuff. So it was always considered a maybe they'll continue the convention, but then what happened was uh, each year it just kept on growing and growing, and there's been a, a loyal fan base uh, that goes to the convention as well as uh, a group of talent that continue to uh, appear at the convention as well and give discounts to be there and stuff. So uh, that, that's pretty much um, the history behind the charity, Anthony. Now, Dark Discussions has always been there every year? Uh, that, that, is, that is correct. We've had a presence there since the beginning. So uh, it, sometimes we were there as uh, podcasters because they used to, they used to do uh, live podcasting. Uh, from the show, and then we were there as tables, so uh, we would have a table there to help promote the podcast and things of that nature. So yeah, we, we've we've been there uh, right right from the beginning um, as uh, attendees. And speaking of tables, we will have a table over at the convention this year. 
Yes, that's right. Uh, we, we did last year as well, and uh, a couple of years prior to that. Uh, but yes, uh, the Dark Discussions News Network will have a, a table there uh, representing uh, the podcast from the convention, including uh, the original podcast of the network called Dark Discussions Podcast, but also uh, numerous spinoffs as well as your uh, two podcasts that you do. Um, and so we'll have uh, about five different people uh, working the table, uh, myself, uh, co-host Mike of the Dark Discussions Podcast, co-host Barrett from the Dark Discussions Podcast, uh, yourself, and then uh, Barrett's wife uh, will be there as well to uh, help work the table. So we will be there all weekend long, and this has a very good lineup for Scares That Kid this year, as this has a headliner of the E.T. Reunion, which I think is going to bring in a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, w- I, would, I would concur. Uh, also, uh, some um, big names that I haven't seen at conventions before are going to be there as well, such as uh, Barbara Hershey, uh, among many others. And um, the E.T. thing itself is, is most certainly uh, one that would be of interest to any crossover fan uh, from horror to science fiction. Yeah, and, and I and, believe it's celebrating an anniversary this year, I think, too, as well. Oh, how about that? As I believe it's its 40th anniversary. Uh, yes, it, 1982. Yep, 40 years. Yeah, that's crazy. I saw that at the theaters when I was a little boy. Yeah, I remember seeing that on cable. You also have a Cujo reunion. Two. Uh, yeah. How about that? Yep. That's pretty cool. So, uh, D. Wallace, right? Yep, D. Wallace for both films. Yep. The E.T. reunion also has Henry Thomas, also on the popular Netflix show, The Haunting of Hill House. You also have other E.T. cast members. Robert McNaughton and K.C. Martell. Andy Wallace, too. Andy Wallace. I I think I did mention her. We did mention her. (laughs) Yeah, but we were talking about her for Cujo. But, yeah, she's going to be there for E.T. as well. Yep. She'll be there for E.T. as well. Also, don't forget we have Danielle Harris, who's the headliner. Shawnee Smith, Stephen Williams. Yep. Shawnee Smith, Stephen Williams. Uh, Javi couple, Stevens. Yeah, that played uh, the... Uh, oh, speaking of Stephen Williams, he's mostly known for 21 Jump Street, that, and Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. You have Andrew Didikoff from Wishmaster. You have Terry Kaiser from Weekend at Bernie's. You also have the Count Gore, Duvall, Jay Goatee, Barbara Hershey... Danny Lloyd from The Shining, Keir Smith. You also have John Anderson as well. Can't forget about him. Right, right, yep, can't. You also have an author's block as well. Yep. Then on Friday night after the convention, there's a mini performance from Orthrio Voltaire and, and a sideshow act, Carnival. You also have a film festival this year. That's featuring some films such as 
You have, also have a film festival this year that features films such as Bloody Summer Camp, starring Felissa Rose and David Sheridan, Straight Edge Kegger, which is a very good film. I definitely recommend that film, which I think you can also find on Shudder as well. And a bunch of other films, too, as they brought back the film festival this year, which is a good thing. As for panels, we don't know what panels are happening, but I'm assuming there'll probably be an E.T. panel, a Women of Horror panel, trying to think of what other panels. Maybe a Cujo panel. Cujo panel. Men of Horror panel. Uh, oh, maybe a, a Friday the 13th panel, because there's a couple of actors from that. Oh, yeah. You're right about that, yes. Yeah, and then there'll be a... Uh, We're just guessing on the panels. We don't know yeah. anything. Yeah, but but the, the Women of Horror panel may be very interesting, because it would have Barbara Hershey and Shawnee Smith, uh, along with the regulars like Felicia Rose and, and things of that sort. Oh, the Daniel Harris. Oh, Daniel House, yeah. And, yeah, Melissa Rose and I at this convention. Yeah, she's just in the movie that they're, they're showing there. But, yeah, it's just but yeah, the movie, yeah. Yeah, so they would they would have Barbara Hershey, D. Wallace, Shawnee Smith, Daniel Harris. So that that's a pretty good uh, lineup of four uh, women of horror right there. But you were just speculating on what the panels are? Yes, this is complete speculation. Because by the time this is out, they probably release the panel schedule. That's right. Which I really wish they'd release maybe like a week or two before, but... Yes. But still, it's going to turn out to be a very good show anyway. Right, right. Yeah, they, they could have child actors, too, because, you know, they're going to have... Um, uh, oh, yeah, Danny yeah. Pinto. Yeah. That would be another good one. Danny Lloyd, Javi yep. Stevens. That's right. That's another really good panel. We're just speculating on panels here. That's right. That's right. And there'll probably be some other things going on as well during the convention. Because I know they did seminars last year. That's right. And then uh, on the Thursday, uh, the 28th, they have a, a pool party film and I forget what film it was supposed to be this year I think year. it's Creature of the Black Lagoon yeah that's exactly right yep that's right yeah so they got a lot of things going and they also got the 5k run on Saturday morning yeah that's right that's right I'm, I'm hoping to do that you'll never see me run I'm sorry fair enough not fair with enough. these feet I'll tell you. alright if I could run maybe I can't. <laughs> I think five uh, k uh, is three point two miles. I think. Yeah. So I'm not too good with the metrics. Yeah, they have a very good line. I have to admit, they usually they did a very good job a couple of years ago. I really cannot wait to go back there. The staff in that place is very nice. The prices are reasonable. Definitely come down to the Hilton 
Doubletree over in Williamsburg, Virginia, if you're in the Virginia area that weekend. You will love it, this convention, for sure. Yep, it's true. It's it's definitely not convenient for a lot of folks, because again, you know, you only can have it at one spot, and a lot of people have to drive, and uh, it's deep in Virginia rather than uh, near D.C., but Williamsburg itself has a lot to do besides the convention, so you can even make it into a whole family trip, and after the convention or before the convention, uh, do Williamsburg uh, Historical Village or Bush Gardens or various other things. So Yeah, there's uh, a lot of things to do in Williamsburg, Virginia. Indeed, there sure is. So it, this is shaping up to be, I think, one of the better conventions, quite frankly. Because of the well, lineup. Yeah, yeah, the lineup's not too bad. We it's, had a uh, couple of cancellations. Yes, yes you did. Uh, unfortunately, but unfortunately, those yeah. are the breaks when it comes to conventions. Yes, yes it is. It does. It is a break. Um, but, uh, as we mentioned, it's now only, you know, 11 days before the Creature from the Black Lagoon movie. After uh, this it, recording. Yeah, as this recording, because we're recording on July 17th. Um, the thing is, is that uh, right now, even with those two cancellations, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the list is pretty good, uh, especially if you're, you're into uh, photo ops and things of that nature. Yeah, they've got, really, they've got a really good selection of photo ops this year. Yep, they sure do. I may do a couple. I haven't decided yet. Oh, how about that? That's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you have to buy them in advance or not, do you know? I believe you do, but okay. I'm not sure when the cutoff is. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not familiar either. So, but this is, a ver- I think, a very good lineup. You're also going to have, like, Father Evil there. He's always there. Yes, he is, yeah. And there's also another vendor people should check out, the HSPPA, the Horror and Sci-Fi Prop Preservation Association, as they will also be there as one of the vendors. They'll be bringing props from Child's Play, Child's Play 2, the Boondock Saints, the stuff, It Chapter 2, and more. They've got a lot of stuff here. Yeah, they, they, they've been coming now for a few years, and, and uh, they it's like a traveling museum, and it's free, though if you like to give uh, any donations, uh, obviously they, they do have a little bucket there that you can put donations in, uh, but uh, it's, it's highly entertaining, uh, they allow uh, f- photography of all the exhibits, and uh, the exhibits are from some very, very, very high-profile movies. Uh, for example, last year, one of the exhibits they had was uh, the bike used by the, the uh, lead kid in the movie It, so the new movie It. So um, a, lot of, a lot of cool stuff there, the, the, and the Child's Play doll and all that other stuff that was used and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, when I was there a couple of years ago, they really had 
some re- really good exhibits. Also picked up a movie they sold there too. It's just the game, which is very good. Oh, nice. So, that's definitely one of the things people should be checking out. If I wasn't mistaken, it was on the second floor two years ago. Was it there last year? Uh, That is correct. Yep, same room. It'll probably be in the same room. Yep. Yeah, and it has its own entire room, too. So, it's... uh, It's... uh, Pretty pretty cool. And you don't have to worry about any other vendors in that room. That's right. Yep. So, literally, it's just a nice private room, like a mini art museum, that to put exact- it that way. Exactly, yep. All right, so, well, that pretty much covers this convention. Yeah, well, the most important thing, Anthony, is people can... Uh, meet up with us. We're going to yes. be there, too. So, um, get photo ops with us for free. But, uh, in all yeah. seriousness, uh, we, we're always willing to uh, uh, meet anybody that listens to our podcast. Uh, always uh, love to greet people that uh, enjoy our topics and discussions. And we'll have a lot of freebies and stuff uh, at the table that folks can uh, go home with. And I'll be around wearing my Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show shirt. So if you don't see me at the table, I'll be around on the convention floor with the shirt on. So I'll be around. Indeed. Yep. And uh, I'll be uh, walking around with just uh, horror shirts or whatever. So, but uh, Mike, co-host Mike, he'll always have a uh, dark discussion shirt on. He always does. Yep. Like I have my own podcast shirt on. Yep, exactly. Hey, it's the best way to promote a podcast. It sure is, yep. Absolutely. All right, Phil, so want to thank you again for coming on to this podcast. Yep, absolutely. And can't always. wait to see you there. Yeah, yeah it's always good to... Uh, uh, seeing you in person, uh, me and you will actually be uh, commuting together uh, yes. down to uh, Virginia. So uh, I'll be in the car with you for a good many hours, and we're going to um, take our time. And then when we get there, uh, we should all have a blast. We will. Thank you again for coming on to the podcast, and have a good day. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Every day there's a family struggling with hospital bills to care for their sick child who is fighting an illness. There's a woman who is fighting breast cancer and is having trouble making ends meet while paying for their treatment. And there are burn victims that are going through treatments to heal their deep wounds. There is a charity in the horror community that helps these people. Scares That Care is an organization that helps families deal with the bills for their child. They help women get the treatment they need to fight breast cancer, and they help people who are dealing with severe burns get the help they need to heal. Scares That Care is a 100% volunteer organization, 
and 501c3 nonprofit charity that is dedicated to helping these people in fighting real monsters. To find out more information or to donate to Scares That Care, you can go to www.scaresthatcare.org. Every donation helps Scares That Care fight real monsters. They're coming to get you, Barbara. This is Carrie. This is Billy. This is Mr. Boat. And we are from a podcast from beneath. You can catch us every Wednesday wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You'll find Anthony T's Power and Wrestling Show on these social media platforms. On Facebook, Instagram, and the Slasher app at Anthony T's Power and Wrestling. And on Twitter at Anthony T's Power. You'll find new episodes on DocDiscussions.com, major podcast providers, and YouTube. What's Anthony T. watching? Well, last segment, me... And Philip Perone talked about Scares That Cares Weekend 8. That's happening July 29th through the 31st at the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel Williamsburg, Virginia. Well, I decided to review one of the films that is playing at the Scares That Care Film Festival. Bloody Summer Camp, which was directed by Dave Kerr who was on my podcast back all the way at episode 27. That was like over two years ago, as we talked about Return of the Slasher Nurse and a little about Bloody Summer Camp, the film that I'm about ready to review here on What's Anthony T. Watching. Now, this is a film I've been looking forward to for a while, ever since hearing about it through the interview and... The fact that Felicia Rose is involved, David Sheridan's involved, both of them from Victor Crowley, so definitely was very interested in this film. I reviewed the extended cut, not the VOD cut. You know, the one that's currently on VOD through various VOD providers. So, I watched the longer version of this film. That's right. Two hours, 37 minutes. Running time seemed to be a theme on this episode for some weird reason between this and the Stranger Things rant. But let's get back to this film because no matter what cut of this film you see, this was a very good film. I have to admit, this was better than the Slasher Nurse films. And one of the things that I really liked about this film was the fact that this had an 80s-type feel to it. From the kill scenes, to the action, to certain characters, this had the feel of an 80s slasher film. One of the things I really liked about this film, besides the feel of this film, was the fact that this film had a very good cast. I liked how the cast approached their roles. They made their characters fun in a good way. That you're entertained. That you're into the film. 
And it also helps that Dave Kerr does a very good job making sure those performances have that type of feel to them. Because this is supposed to be an 80s throwback slasher film. And he does a great job making sure this is an 80s throwback. I was having fun watching this film. Even though it may have been a little too long with the two and a half hour cut. But when I finally see the end cut, the two hour cut of this film, I will probably like it even more. But I really liked it a lot. It also has some very good performances from its main cast. As this didn't feel like it needed to rely on Felissa Rose or Dave Sheridan. As the cast really does a good job making the characters fun to watch. Kerr's screenplay was also very good. I like the fact that Kerr does a very good job here. Keeping the action moving. Whether it's the kill scenes. Or whether it's the way he develops the characters in this film. I like the fact that he spent some time developing them. Which really, I think, made this a very good film. It got me interested in everything that is going on. And that's what you want in a slasher film. You want characters who are fun to be with. Not annoying characters... Or stupid characters that you just don't want on your screen. You want characters that you're going to like. And I have to say, I liked about every one of them in this film. And it's a credit to Dave Kerr's writing. As he does a very good job with the way he handles his characters in this film. And in his screenplay. Because you need a screenplay where characters are entertaining enough. That it keeps you interested in the story. And Kerr does a great job doing this. Definitely find a way to check Bloody Summer Camp out. Whether it's at the Scare That Care Film Festival. Or on VOD through various VOD providers. As you're able to rent it through them at the moment. As Bloody Summer Camp is one summer camp is worth attending and enrolling for those who love slasher films. Upcoming episodes of Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show. The next episode I will be talking to a couple of filmmakers from the horror anthology film Death by Midnight, Why to Kill. Then episode 82, I said would be a best of. I forgot WWE was running SummerSlam early this year. So, that's 82. WWE SummerSlam. 83's up in the air right now. Could be a best of, could be a guest. It depends what guests I can get. On my other podcast, Two From Hell, don't forget to check out episode 3 where me and Andrew talk about our three favorite summer Time horror films, along with Ghostbusters news and Scream 6 news about Nev Campbell. Check that out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. That'll do it for this edition of Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show. Don't forget to like Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling Show on Facebook, Instagram, and the Slasher app at Anthony T's Horror and Wrestling, on Twitter at Anthony T's Horror. 
You can also find the podcast and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and any other major podcast platforms. With that, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Have a good day. Support indie wrestling and support indie horror.